this DMV Sports Roundtable. Is Bryce Harper only going a little ways up the road to Philly? And is that team willing to shell out $400 million to bring him in? Maybe he goes to another team. The Redskins try to cobble together an offensive line before facing a large bearded man in Tampa who is not Santa Claus. Alex Smith, do you feel pressure to put this team on your back and excel? No. I think if anything, I mean, I think if any more, anything, there's more of an emphasis of just going about uh, doing your job. I mean, I, I think that's what this is about. I, I got to hold. I got to be accountable. I got to hold up my end. There's certainly no making up for anything. I, I think you can get in trouble trying to do that. No, I mean, I, I got to do my job a little better, you know. And I think if everybody kind of takes that mentality, we'll be all right. Thanks to Push Audio for our theme song we're trying out this week. Check them out online at Push Audio. Dimitri Sotis here with George Wallace, Noah Frank. A little later, Jamal Bowens will roll in. Follow us on Twitter at DMV Sports Round One. Now, Noah, you've been uh, you've been writing about this. Bryce Harper, what happens to the guy? Where is he headed? And uh, there was the report about a $300 million offer that he turned down to stay here in Washington. But it was not a free agent offer. And that's an important detail. Yeah, I mean... It was it was presented as, and this is the the lead from the article was the Washington Nationals offered Bryce Harper the biggest free agent contract in the history of the four major North American sports. So, the uninformed reader reads that and goes, "Wow, they're trying to make him the highest paid athlete ever, and this is what he wants, and he's hitting free agency, and why wouldn't he take the free agent contract? That's 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 this. Well, yeah, it was a it appears based on the reports, it was ten years." Roughly three hundred million, based on Scott Boris's sort of hedging of that, it makes it sound like probably some of that money was deferred, which happens a lot of times, especially with the Nationals with these big contracts. So it probably wasn't actually worth three million in present day value, or three hundred million in present day value. It was probably worth less than that. Um, but the pure numbers may have been ten years and then three hundred million. But it was offered on September twenty sixth, the final regular season home day uh, of the National season, which was while he was still under contract. He was literally in uniform that day with the right. Nationals and is still under contract per the MLB uh, bargaining agreement, collective bargaining agreement, through the end of the World Series. So he was under contract for five more weeks. That is not a free agent offer. And that is very important as a as a uh, modifier to this. It's not, it's not just semantics. Uh, that meant he's not weighing that against other offers. He can't then take that to another team and say, well, they offered me this. Like That's the whole point of free agency. That's the whole reason he hasn't signed an extension this entire time. It was an offer that was made as an effective extension. It would have been an extension. And it would not have been the most expensive extension of all time in baseball. Just a couple of years ago, Giancarlo Stanton signed a 13-year, $325 million extension before he was traded to the Yankees. Uh, but then, of course, that wouldn't have had such a nice headline ring to it. The second most expensive extension in MLB in the last three years, uh, you know, whatever. It's it doesn't it's not as as gaudy. It's not as flashy. It doesn't look as good for the Nationals. Uh, but that you know, it's a very team friendly headline basically that that says, well, we we gave it our best shot. You know, we we made this very fair offer uh, and they turned it down. And that's not really true. And it's it's also kind of not really fair because. They could have made an extension offer at any point. That's that's what this was. It's being framed as not that, uh, and this is only the beginning of what's going to be uh, probably at least a five week process. I would, I would put that as the the minimum of, of what we're looking at for for Harper's free agency because the winter meetings this year, for the first time since two thousand eight, are in Las Vegas, which is his hometown. 
Uh, that I don't think is a coincidence. <laughs> they hadn't. They'd been on a rotation among other cities. Scott Boris is going to make sure that this is his show. He's going to parade Harper around. It's it's going to be a whole thing, and he he's going to want to sell that idea of a team putting their jersey on him in front of all the cameras, in front of all the lights and all the networks, in the middle of the Mandalay Bay. Ah, is it Philly though? I mean, is that a good bet? I mean, I don't I don't know that we're there yet. I, I think one thing that we know about Boris is he likes to let the market take shape. He likes to let teams get desperate as as, as things get later. He's in no hurry. We saw Max Scherzer sign in on I think it was January twenty first. Matt Weider sign in February. We, we we see him be be willing to wait out the market until a team gets desperate and says, "Okay, we need to do this." So, what I would say is, if you want to make predictions, Manny Machado will sign first before Bryce Harper. And that will set the market for Bryce Harper. I think he would rather let Machado sign. I think he would rather than have a team feel like they have to make the counterplay to Manny Machado to make the big, the biggest splash. Anything that Boris does, this is what he does best. This is why you sign him. If, 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 him, yeah. if you're if you yeah, if you're if you're a, a a player coming out, this is why players switch to him before their big free agency. Yeah. I mean, this is what he does, and. He, I don't know what that number is going to be, and I don't know what that team's going to be, but he's he's going to get he's going to get most of what he wants. And I think the big question too is now is it like is fans can look at the Nationals and say, okay, you know, and I, I think it was a genuine offer. I mean, you're offering somebody three hundred million dollars. It's unprecedented. Whatever. Yeah. So I think that the Nats can. I mean, fans can look at that. I think the Nationals, but like you say, they know he wasn't going to sign that extension. So you throw it out there. So I guess my question is. Do you offer that thinking that knowing he's not going to sign it, but uh, that's where you're starting? Because they do have a good relationship with Boris. The learners do. So, you know, he goes, you know, don't they spend time together in the offseason all the time? Is it Ted Learners? Whatever. He, they, he's got you clients know. on that team. They dealt with him before. Right. So, so I think this is a 50 50. This is not an indictment of he's going elsewhere, period. But because of the fact that he's had interactions with this team before with negotiations, he knows how to deal with them. They know how to deal with him to a certain extent. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think now we have a starting point. But my point is, are the Nationals going to go above 300? I, and I, I have, I'm finding it hard to believe that they are. Yeah, I don't really think so. I, I think maybe if they include a couple other like pieces into that contract, you know, now they maybe can go they, out there and say maybe nobody gives them 350. Right. Maybe, maybe they add the opt outs that are not right. in there. You know what I mean? And maybe it's, maybe it's, it's not hard to add, add an opt out. Right. Right. Or is it most of Scherzer's money after the deal? Isn't I'd have to go back and look, but wasn't well, he a lot get, of deferred? He's, he's getting paid. Yeah, well, the, well, the deferred money is a big, a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, he took a lot of deferred money. He's getting paid next. I mean, starting next year, like right. a lot. I, but I it, guess not after the contract, <clears throat> but later in it. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the thing they set a floor basically. Yeah, that's right. what they did. Right, and that's good for them too because then someone else spends at least that much money. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but, uh, and there's a chance because the free agent market's gotten weird, and the luxury tax I think has been more prohibitive than we thought it was going to be. We thought it was going to be sort of a just a you know nominal whatever the, the, the rich teams aren't going to care but the rich teams care. That's yeah. what's taking the Dodgers are kind of taking well, themselves out that, of that. Right, that's that's the most interesting thing that I think that has come up in the last week is that the Dodgers that something came out that, yeah. that they had had internal meetings about. Basically, they're, they're presenting to, they're gonna, to, to yeah. shareholders or yeah. to investors. The next four saying, years, right, they don't want to go over right. that threshold. Right now, that well, threshold, the same deal, that right? threshold keeps going up. Yeah, it's not. Right. It's not. It's up at like two hundred six, I think, next year after being at one ninety seven this year. So, I mean, it's there's room there, and there's room to to build a contract to sort of slope with that. But but that 
potentially takes the Dodgers out of the running for this kind of free agent because they have, you know, they just had to had to re up on Kershaw and, mm-hmm. and there's they're they have a bunch of young stars and and they've done a very good job the last three or four years not making those impulsive mm-hmm. trades and trading away their young guys who are cost controlled who are very cheap and are playing at much higher value than than they're being paid. But those guys' contracts will come due eventually, and and they will come due during a ten-year contract. Right, I mean, right. like, you're going to have to make other decisions on guys who are younger, and maybe you maybe are just as productive or more productive at that point. Uh, and I don't know if they want to hamstring themselves. That I, I've always liked the Dodgers as a high potential top mm-hmm. three, top two destination for Harper. But I mean that that really. It, that puts a a, a, a wrench in, in into this thing, uh, Demetri. To go back to your point, uh, the, the Phillies, I, I think, are primed as a team that's on the rise that does have a lot of money to spend. Uh, we didn't really see them last year when we put together this piece where people kind of picked their horse on who they thought Harper would end up with. We didn't actually even nobody even picked the Phillies. They've sort of emerged over the last year and as they've gotten good. Uh, but uh, I, I I do know somebody in the Phillies organization in the in the baseball ops. Or a, a part of the organization who told me this summer that they are getting one of the two. They're getting Manny Machado or they're getting Bryce Harper. He said unequivocally, we're getting mm-hmm. one of those two in the offseason. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, if Manny Machado signs with the Yankees, who that makes him a lot more sense for the Yankees. That's what they need much more than they need Harper position wise. That I think points to the Phillies as the front runner. What happened, real quick, Manny Machado, that number. Like, if he signs, what's that num- number do to Harper's number? Or yeah. does it affect it? Uh, yeah, I mean... Right? Right. But Boris is not... Uh- Boris is not going to let Bryce Harper sign for less money than Manny Machado. That, that's that, that's w- was what I would say is this sort of the bottom line. I wanted to ask you if you believe that picture on the internet where the Chicago White Sox unveiled a stage set at the United Center in Chicago featuring Harper's name and number 34. Was that trolling, just having some fun, confusion? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. But I, I, I know that they have sort of tried to assert themselves as, as, as being a potential team that, that's in... in Play for for people this year. They have the money. They they could do that. Uh, they're not exactly the kind of team that I would expect him to want to go to. That's what was my thought too. Again, from my limited understanding of all this, that's not in his top ten, really. Even. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's I think he's open minded about it. But but if if you're going to leave Washington and you're going to leave, you know, the the ability to be sort of the guy for a, for a generation here, you're going to a premier team. And and Chicago's a great sports town, but the White Sox are down the list of, of teams that matter in that sports town. And I mean, they're literally the second tier baseball team in terms of of, of fandom and, and and recognition. When the Cubs made the World Series in 2016 and, and won, people kept going, oh, it's the first World Series in, in Chicago in, in 108 years. And the White Sox were like, excuse me, we won in 2005. <laughs> right. like, yeah, that like happened the- That happened in like, the, like I don't, I don't want to misname the news out. But like major U.S. papers were running first Chicago championship in 108 years. And it was like, um, you know, this was only 11 years ago. Right. The White yeah. Sox won the World Series, but th- but that really gives you an indication of how second tier they are. And I I just don't know that that that. I mean, I suppose if they if if everyone else is sitting at 300 million and the Chicago White Sox say we will give you 400 million dollars, maybe that changes the calculus. Jamal, your reaction to uh, go back to Philly, Harper going to Philly? Yeah, you didn't like that. Yeah, that, that's a slap in the face to me. If you go to the Yankees, I get that. You were a fan, you're a historian, Mickey manager guy. I get that. If you go to Chicago, I get that. If you go to the Angels, I get that. But if you go within the division. 
I know Philly is up and coming. Is Philly more up and coming than what you currently have on the Nats? Did you love this city so much you're going to move within the division? That's a little confrontational. That goes against what he's put out there as to how much he loves the Nats and loves this city. That's fine if you go over there. But if you stay here, then now what are you telling us? What does that mean? If you stay within the division, why would you do that? I, I take anything that anyone says with a grain of salt. I mean, I, I, I think he truly loves playing here, and I think I think he's he's grown to, to you know, understand right. the, this city. I would and, believe that when he goes somewhere else, elsewhere, in terms of the AL or, you know, another part of the NL, but within the division, that's a little, that's a little uh, confrontational. I mean, I, it's it's literally the reverse Jason Worth. I mean, that's what everyone's yeah. been talking about. <laughs> it is, but, but but I mean, that's that's well to a, to a greater extent. I I mean, yeah. Well, Jason Worth won a World Series with them. I yeah, mean, he was yeah, he but was an Jason Worth is not well. Bryce Harper is twenty five, twenty six years old, won the MVP. Yes, he the, you know Jason Worth did have a championship, but this is an MVP we're talking about in the prime of his career. Has many more years to play, so I think just a little bit more and. Bryce Harper is more of a star than Jason Worth was. As I mean, overall nationally, yeah, than Jason sure. was at, at the time. I, I I think one thing that's that's really interesting that that's playing into this. I the reason why these contracts for him and Machado are are so gaudy and are so potentially record breaking and will be record breaking is because they hit free agency at a uniquely young age. For the way that baseball is built, you've got at least six years. Of MLB service time built into into the clock, you have these three years of pre arbitration and then three years of arbitration where you're under team control and teams can can keep you from free agency. And anyone who's worth their salt, that's what happens to them, or even they get extended, you know, during that time. But so most guys don't get to the big leagues until at least 21, 22. A lot, a lot of guys more like 23, 24, 25. So tack on six years to that, you're talking late 20s, maybe even early 30s before you hit free agency. And these guys are hitting it at 26, which means they're they're in this right now sort of the prime of their career. But it's still we've they've done studies, and I mean the prime does start to tail off right after about 27. It's not yeah. 30. I mean it's it you're you're going to be paying for prime and then immediate decline phase. And I wonder what that's. I, you know, we, we've seen teams wisen up and, and basically stop paying for guys who are over thirty. You know, mm-hmm. with, with these with these huge numbers in the market. You think about Jason Giambi's contract. You know, back in the early two thousands and paying seven years for basically a thirty one year old and just watching him get worse and worse and worse. I wonder, especially if the Dodgers are out. You know, if it just becomes a matter of how many teams are really a part of this derby. Like yeah. you could you could make the argument that there's maybe seven teams that can afford him. Maybe it's five teams, or maybe it's four teams, or maybe as these, you know, you look at the front offices, you look at Farhan Saidi, who was the, the Dodgers GM, and he came from the A's before that, mm-hmm. to give you an idea of his pedigree and his right. background. You saw what he did with the Dodgers in terms of lowering the, mm-hmm. the, the amount of extra money they were spending and trying to be smarter, along with Andrew Friedman, who came from the Rays. He just got hired as the Giants, the San Francisco Giants' mm-hmm. new, new president of baseball operations. 
like the Giants were considered one of these teams that was right. in the market for Harper. Well, they're in a, in kind of a blow up mode. I mean, they're not really in. No. They don't. They don't have it. They can't. They're not one guy away from competing, and they may be in sell mode, not buy mode. Yeah. And they've been over the, the luxury tax the last three years. If they were going to reset and and do all that, this would be the year for that. Maybe that takes the Giants out of play. I mean, it's I'm. It inter- fluctuates throughout well, this whole thing. You'll have new teams emerge. You'll have teams that you thought were in the thick of things kind of bow out and, and back out for whatever reasons and someone emerges someone's it's going to be a sliding scale with the teams that come in and out there may be one or two that stay there for the duration but for the rest it's going to be a merry-go-round effect of who's going to be in there I, I just i have the sense that there are fewer teams that are really viable than than maybe we originally thought or, yeah. or maybe the market you know appears now there may only be three teams that are viable and and that's where like I know what you were saying about about loyalty and about sort of the, yeah. the 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 heart side of it, but but just the pure math side of it and and, and the cash side of it, I the Phillies maybe maybe not bidding against themselves, but they maybe not really in, in that big of a, of a war with that many teams. To, yeah, to you get know, him. On, on the flip side of that, and I did say that it w- it would seem like from the, that's the fan side, it would seem like a smack in the face if he did that inside the division. But on the on the on the flip side of that is Cabinet's not bare here. I don't think that if he goes to Philly. That we're that significantly worse than they are because they have good pieces in Philly, and that's just adding a big piece. But they're still coming together. Now, you take that three hundred that you want to throw at one person, and you devote that to uh, getting some veterans around some of these young guys and getting some pitching, and uh, finally trying to get that bullpen together. We've been trying to tinker with for the last I don't know how many years, but you've got and, and re-sign Rendon, and you've you've got. Soto, you got Robles, you got Michael A. Taylor, Trey Mm -hmm. Turner. That's a lot of guys to work with. And you still have Scherzer, you still have Strasburg, and you can work in some pitching. So the cover's not bare. We talked about this many times before, trying to see what they would look like without Harper. And if he goes to Philly, is Philly that much better than they are if they make some moves to you know, kind of build around the nucleus that they have. Forget the baseball part of it. The off-the-field stuff, how much is that going to to mean? Do they value that enough? You look around the ballpark, there's two reasons to go see this team right now. Max and Brett. I mean, there are other reasons, too, but you know right. what I mean. And Strauss, what he's Strauss, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to see other guys, too. But you look around the ballpark, there's Harper jerseys everywhere. Everywhere. Do the Nationals, does that come in? Do you think that that comes into play at all and value how much this guy is worth? Yeah. Off the field, it does. But if you, if they, if the marketing department and and the learners think that we can take Soto, just for example, and what he was able to do last season as a teenager, and kind of mold him into and, and kind of bring him up into that spot, if he continues, of course, if he continues on the path that he's on, then he can continue to ascend, and now that's your guy. You've got other people that can become the face, but. You can't right away. No, no one's going to be able to cover that right away because mm-hmm. there's too much Harper merchandise around. He is nationally also the face of this team. If you look at any MLB, you know, commercial or ESPN, it's Bryce Harper or it's, or it's Scherzer, maybe Strasburg, but it's one of those three. So yeah, that does come into play. But if you think that you can take one of these young guys, a Soto, Robles, Trey Turner, Rendon, whoever and think that you can mold and market him as his play ascends and he can become that guy, then maybe you take that direction. But it does come into play. And as far as Harper being a baseball guy, right? Any team he's going to go to in its history has an established 
right? An established guy. He could be that guy here. You got Ryan Zimmerman, yes, okay. But yeah. this could be Harper's team forever. And we talked about think that Washington, before. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the, and that's the other thing. You When you think of legacy with him, you go to the Yankees, then you're trying to outdo Mantle and Ruth and whoever else. You go to anywhere else, you're chasing somebody else to break their records. Here, he's the gold standard. Then people try to break your records. You are the standard that people try to reach. Instead of you going somewhere else and trying to break somebody else's records, you're that guy at the top throughout history that when you look back at the Nets, it starts with Bryce Harper. How does that affect you know what he thinks about his legacy? Because to me, that's appealing. I want to be the high score. When you go to the to the arcade when you're younger, and that one dude that got the high score for I don't know how many years. That's the man. That's the person you try to get to. Who doesn't want to be that person? Is the motivation to be singular, like legend, or is it to win championships? Right. Or yeah. is it to be somewhere where you're comfortable? And those are three very different things. And I think, you know, there are, you can certainly make the good case for, the, for one, for, for scenario A here. Maybe you can make the case for scenario C. Seems to be fairly comfortable. Comfortable, here. yeah. But B is getting harder and harder to make. Yeah, that's the, case the biggest for. question. Yeah. And, and and honestly, it's one of these situations where you look at like the Wizards right now. Like, oh god, if they sign him, I think it makes it harder. They are better clearly if he's there versus him not being there. But are they better over the next ten years? With him versus what they could pay for, or right. instead of him, right? And, Are they better and, with him at three hundred at thirty three million dollars a right. year? Right, and right, and I and I don't I don't think I think that's a much tougher yeah. case to make, and, and so it's almost the situations where it's like if he signs here, does he make them less likely to win a championship right. over the yeah. next ten years? That's I, a good point. I, I mean, that's, I, and that's I, what I was saying before. It's it's not necessarily you know it's not done with the window's not closed by any means if he does not return because you have pieces to work with, and like you were saying. Take that 300 and fill some holes elsewhere with your pitching, with your bullpen, and get some more bats around, and you can solidify what you have and be just fine. Yeah, I mean, if he if he turns in if he's a five win player every year for the rest of his career, like then that's a, that's a, ends up being a great deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it ends, ends up be, being worth it, and with all the other stuff that comes with it, right. and he gives you a chance to win every day, and he's a, a got the you know the power that only a handful of guys have, and and all that. If he's banged up and if he goes through these big swings, I mean, he's been worth less in terms of you know wins above replacement than Rendon has over the last yeah. four years. Like he, well, he's fair, had the, ne- the leg and the knee right, injuries, yeah. but by a fairly yeah. significant margin. And Rendon's played a few more games, but yeah, not right. that many more. Not games. many, right? And because he's been hurt too. I mean, it, that's another thing we can get into later. But like, there, there's always that injury risk, and in guys who've been hurt before—that's the the most predictive thing on on future injury is past injury, and and it's it's. I don't know. I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for the Nats, uh, uh, baseball wise. If they don't have him here next year, uh, I, I I like the young foundation. I like the ability for them to maybe add add, add in. How in, many in starters do you need? Two. I mean, you need one. You need one like two, three. You know, mm-hmm. one, one 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 front front line, but not necessarily ace. Right. Like, but mm-hmm. but the guy that that can do what Gio was doing a couple of years ago mm-hmm. right. and, and and fill those innings and everything. Um, I honestly, the you trust game, Tanner. Well, the game's changing so much to where I, I don't think if you're not that good, if you're not like a B plus or better starter, I don't think you should be asking or hoping for 200 innings out of most of these guys. Right. You'd be happy with 150 or 120, and 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 really looking at your bullpen and and investing there. And I think that's that's sort of what to me that was the warning shot with Trevor Rosenthal was, oh, hey, we just bought a second closer. That's what the smart teams are doing. Yeah. They're loading up on back end bullpen arms so that you can you know have. 
150, 180 innings a year of like premier closer, and then maybe also 150, 180 innings a year of premier setup guy. I mean, if you have two, you know, quote unquote, like eighth inning and ninth inning guys each, like now you're now you're able to every day of the week that you're in a competitive game shorten that game at, from your from your non number one number two starters and we're seeing that really across across a lot of baseball I think that's the direction that we're trending in so I, I think I think opening up you know sort of how we look at that uh, going into this offseason because they have the money to spend mm-hmm. in the, if they don't spend it on Harper I, I think that makes a lot of sense to maybe just get one top line starter and and kind of mix and match and yeah. really fill out that bullpen to where you trust six or seven guys in that bullpen. You need a catcher too. Yeah, and yeah. also keep right. an eye on Joe Ross because Joe Ross slowly tried to make his way back last season and before he had the surgery, he was trending in the direction that he was going to be part of that, that right. starting rotation. So that's a question mark, but it's definitely someone to keep an eye on is Joe Ross and if he can you know get back to form and continue to develop like he was before he got injured. But you don't necessarily have to have one guy. I mean, the Royals had a collective. You know, you can win a World Series with a good collective of pitching and a good collective of hitting. You don't have to have necessarily one or two or three or four or five, you know, superstars of big names to win a World Series these days. It's just not necessary. Yeah, I mean, the A's made the playoffs this year. They won 97 games. Exactly. And, and by the end, Sean Manaya, who was like their one capable Start, starting mm-hmm. pitcher wasn't even healthy. Wasn't there, right? they, they were playing with Edwin Jackson was like their number two. Brett Bre- Bre- Anderson and Trevor Cahill and a bunch of rookies and a bunch of relievers. I mean, like you, you can find you can find and you already have Scherzer and Strasburg. I mean, you don't right. you don't necessarily need five two hundred inning starters. They did. Right. I think they did a really good job with Jeremy Hellickson this year. I, yeah. I, and really understanding like this is his limitation and that's okay. Like don't let him go the third right. time through the order. I, I think that was that was a good idea. I think it was, and I think that shows you a model of how you can attack this issue, uh, and you know less expensively than throwing twenty 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 five million. And I think you found your closer. Do little is your closer. I, I do believe Doolittle, yeah, well, yeah. he's, that, he's that guy. Well, but I, I mean, it, you, you don't even have to think of it that way. I mean, you have two guys now. Yeah, right? it, now if, if, you've, exactly. if you've got yeah. a, a, a team with a bunch of slugging lefties, and mm-hmm. you know, then maybe it's Doolittle. If you've got a team that's really right-handed, maybe it's right. Rosenthal. You, you, can, you don't have to... to, to Designate you know. it. Yeah. yeah. Here's some baseball news that just popped up, according to Buster Olney, about 10 minutes ago. Uh, the Cubs are open to trading Chris Bryant, possibly this winter. Because they have past efforts to reach long-term agreement have not advanced. All right. Interesting. Isn't that Bryce's buddy? Yeah. Keep an eye on where he lands. Interesting. So, Noah, we'll have you back around Christmas to know where uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Bryce I, is? I, so, again, the winter meetings are December 9th, I think, to 13th in Vegas. I think that's the earliest. Can we go? I'm, I'm going to move. Cover me. No, but I mean, like, I think it would be insane for Boris and very un-Boris like for him to to sign before then because that is such a great venue for him to to just you know milk oh, every it's, ounce it's, yeah. of publicity it's stage, man that's like yeah. the perfect you can't you couldn't have drawn that up any better yeah, yeah. No, so no, so no, I he, I'd he be I mean it, it would have to be a an astronomical number for him and even then I I don't there's just the, he I, I, I'm with you I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be uh, quick and I don't think you're going to see six or seven teams involved. No, I, no. I, I think the market's more like three or four, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I really don't think you're going to see it until you know sometime between the meetings and maybe Christmas. 
Well, we've left very few minutes for the Redskins, but we have to talk about this I came in team of misery. What is what wait, wait, wait? What is what do you mean team of misery? Oh, come on! They I lost mean, the game. Oh, they lost, they lost their the whole game. offensive no. line. <laughs> time out, time out, time out! They didn't lose their whole offensive line. I knew you would do they this, didn't Jamal. Lose their whole offensive line. We're not looking at last year where you signed guys on Friday and Saturday, starting on Sunday. Well, you're close. Now, you're close, but listen, I don't know, George, and you, and you can you can help me out on this, but. The good scenario, uh, maybe a likely scenario, if Moses can get through what he's going through, if you can have Moses on the right, uh, Inseki on the left, one of the new guys, Cooper probably, who has been around for a while, and Cooper can plug and play right there, keep Rolier at center, Berksham, who's been playing, Mm -hmm. at right guard. That's not like last year when you have a bunch of strangers looking around like, hey, what's your name? No, hey, but these guys don't have much I understand, experience. I understand that. But there's, there is, there's only one guy that I mentioned that has not been here and has no clue what's going on. Hmm. Rudy has been starting. Bergstrom's had enough starts to know what's going on. Moses is a starter, and Seki's been around long enough and has held that position down before when Trent's been out. I feel a little bit more secure with that group than as opposed to last year. We have T.J. Clemens and uh, Joe Schmo and whoever on the other side. So you feel good about Tampa Bay? Yeah, I have no problem with Tampa. Why not? First of all. Win on Sunday? First of all, yeah. This, you know what? Last week was the only game I didn't cuss. I didn't fuss. <laughs> I sat there and watched the game in almost utter silence. Because it is what it is. You lose a game. I did not think they were going to win four games in a row. So that's one thing. Two, okay, you take a loss. Fine. You're still two games above 500. You're five and three. You still have a cushion first place in the division. Cool. You have injuries that you're dealing with. Comes and goes. Still not as bad as last year. Dallas lost. Dallas has to play Philly. Someone's going to take a step back this weekend. I don't give a damn which one it is, but somebody is. So all you got to do is go ahead and take care of your business. And I've seen this Fitz magic nonsense for, I don't know, 15 years? How long he's been in the league fooling people? Well, I, I would say for this Sunday, he uh, might put up 30 points and throw three picks. I mean, it's that yeah. kind of never been a top-tier quarterback. Well, he doesn't have a running game because Peyton Barber hasn't done jack this entire season, and he won't do it this week. And I do know this. I'm confident enough to say that you will not see this defense play the way they played last week, this week. I guarantee this defense that. will not play like that two games in a row. Plus, I don't, ha, I don't plus, guarantee much, but I'm guarantee ha, ha. that. Clinton Dix has had a second he's got, week. He's got another week. They won't be. Yeah, they took that. That was like a pride you know thing what? for them. They won't. They, I don't think they'll perform like that. And you know what they're like going to do? Play soft. Like everybody, like Indy and everybody does against us. Play soft. Keep but here's the thing. If Fitz gives you chances, you have to take, take care them. of You have to take advantage of the chance. If the ball's on the ground, you got to get it. The ball comes to you, you got to catch it. Yeah. Simple. Well, see, Pitch it, and catch, as the old ball coach used to say. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, he'll sling the ball around, and all you got to do is be in position. And he does. He doesn't have the more from, doesn't have the best you, ball security. You need more out of your offense, though. You, if, yeah, and if also, Adrian Adrian had nine carries last week for seventeen yards. And also run the ball. Keep if you know the other team is going to do nothing but sling it around. Control the clock. Well, yeah, it's easier said than done. It is well, not really run the damn ball. But now the the thing on the other side is if they can get it together, they give up. Tampa gives up three hundred twenty two a game on average. Three twenty two. Alex Smith, come on, baby, you got to get three twenty two. That's a gift. Every damn week, that's a gift. 
I, I think they're just going to keep staring him in the face and saying, throw the ball, though. I mean, mm. that, that, until he does. Like, uh, well, I, hey, well, well, he's got to get it done then. Well, no, I, I don't think, I don't think, do I don't it. think you can just run the ball because I'll just keep no, putting, no, no. putting more guys in the just, box. No, you I, can't I, just, just run the ball, but you have to run the ball to try to but, control the clock. That's not all you're going to do. But I'm, I'm saying, I, I think this is what opponents have finally figured out is like, oh, they don't really have much of a passing game. We're, we're going to make them be that. That's in the fine. Area. And you let them do that. Because again, they give up 322. That secondary is trash. Go ahead and fill the box. That'll give you. you and also use, have to have use time. the play action. You also have time. If the use Lions the can play, give him time. Exactly. Luke, but thing. use play action, man. If you're if Adrian Peters, if you're hitting the box with eight or nine people, you're so angry. Play action. You're angry today. <laughs> I'm angry all the time. It's George. George. Let's this is it's nonsense to me what, what this team goes through sometimes. And, and there's no need to jump off the bridge. Everything is still in front of you. The only team still at this point with a winning record is Houston. Now, that game's going to be a problem. Now, next then week, you get the, next week, yeah, that might be a little. That J.J. Watt kid's pretty good, huh? <laughs> Every, that Deshaun Watt kid's pretty <laughs> He's good. He's good, too. Everybody over there is pretty damn good. But this week, they just got to get back to it. The offense, look, it, it's enough. Enough is enough. Figure it out. I, I'm figure with it out. You. I, mean, I, I you have, know. I have. That's that's the only thing I will put down is the offense need to figure it out. Defense will not play like that again. I don't guarantee much, but I will guarantee that they will. This group, the way they are, you know, and I agree with you. They on ain't that. tolerating. I that. agree with that. They, they won't do that again because that's embarrassing. But they have to have that because you not don't just have D-Jax. You got Evans. Uh, O.J. Howard, yeah, Howard is an issue. Yeah. Now I don't know who draws that. Whether it's Josh Harvey Clemens, or are they going to bring in uh, run with with three safeties with Nicholson at Nicholson, the same time maybe, with with Dix and DJ, but definitely not Zach Brown. No, any other linebacker. No, and please, please do not. I don't want to see poor Greg Stroman. Please do not put Greg Stroman in front of anybody as well, number one receiver. Who are you going to no put more. Dunbar and play? Who are you going to put out there? Ah, give him some help then. Yeah, it seems like Stroman's help over Stroman the top. Because the problem is Danny Johnson's not is not yeah, ready. Say, they need well, help over the top. Well, I, yeah. I don't care if it's him or Johnson. Okay. Because if you're looking at, first of all, either way, they're in a mismatch. You put them on 13, Evans is huge. Mm-hmm. It's a little dude. It's a mouse in the house. That's going to be a problem. All you got to do is throw it up. It's easy. You put him in front of D-Jax, it's lights out. I hope, he's, I, he's, 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 I hope Deshaun doesn't have two sixty-five yard touchdowns on Norman. I swear to God. I, I mean, I I, I feels, can see it. it it's going. It's going to happen. Yeah. You, you you know, like this could be one of those sloppy, just devolve. But I I, I have a sense that it's going to be a shootout. I mean, I I, I, I yeah, because I I think they're I think they're going to abuse some of those matchups and and it, I mean, if it's they going to be there. But if they run the score chances. up early. I mean, if they if they get if they get ahead, you know. Yeah, they don't play. They can't play from behind. No, right, right. It's I just. And see, but that's the difference. We can't play from behind, but they can. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, because they'll come out and throw it sixty times. Yeah, but the thing is, it's gonna be hot. You you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Won't be on the field long. It's gonna be hot. Is it really? Eighty five and sunny. Really? See, and I'm looking out the window right now. I'm like, (laughs) where's eighty five and sunny? Tampa. I forget it. They're going to Tampa. Also, probably half the stands filled with Skins fans, right? Down there, usually, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when that cannon goes off, it scares everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Even us watching at home, It's a toss-up every week with this team. I don't even look at the spread. What is the spread? I don't know. It's it's your classic. It's a a, a field goal. Tampa's a field goal favorite. The home home court, home field. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So. 
it could go either way, but th- this is the week, the offense. We say this every week. There you go. Thanks, everybody. Whoa, the DMV Sports Roundtable <laughs> is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Noah and Jamal and George, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, you know why I say it every week. God help us. 